0: And welcome to the Life Support Live Podcast, the weekly podcast that explores how Star Trek can help us to boldly go in our own lives to better ourselves and the rest of humanity. As a famous Starship
1: captain once said, and as another famous Starship captain also once said, the one with the new series on the way, wherever our mission takes us, We'll try to have a little
0: fun along the way. Always, always. That's the goal. Hi, everyone. I'm psychologist Dr. Ali Matu. And I'm Dr. Trek, Larry Nimachek. One of us is a real doctor. And we'll leave it to you to decide who that is. (laughs) Hey,
1: every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, we record this show live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook with our audience joining in and rebroadcast here as a podcast. If you'd like to join us live, check out the links in the show notes. And now, let's engage with our regularly scheduled program,
0: already in progress. We're going to talk about facing your pain, um, and uh, let's let's get into it. So, um, let me open up. We we often forget to open up the briefing room, Larry. But let's let's officially open up. The oh, briefing let's please. Room. This, please, yes. <laughs> this is where we were diving into uh the Oh topic. you didn't have it long enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. all good, Larry. It's all good. This is uh did you all see my um my shirt I'm wearing? Oh it's in the going in the wrong direction. This is um I thought I'd bring a little levity. I thought I'd bring a little levity like, to this morning. Why? Who's, who's over there? Okay. Right. I should, yeah, no one is actually over here at all. It's, uh, the rest is an empty room. So maybe I should have switched sides. This is the very first Star Trek shirt I ever bought. It says I'm with logical. if you can't see it. And um, I bought it at the Star Trek Experience. So I've, uh, I've, I've, I love this shirt. Um, kept it all these years. So, anyways, but that's not what the briefing room is about. Um, Larry, we're going to start off with a little bit of a non-spoiler discussion of this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery, and then we're going to launch into the rest of um, Star Trek's canon here. So, um, this week's episode, Larry, any um, any non-spoiler reactions uh, from you? No. Only <laughs> spoiler reactions.
1: I always wanted to say that. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It was... Um... What's funny about this episode is, uh, personally, I didn't get to watch it till last night. It was just things have just been piling up. What's uh, been going
0: on? What what might have been keeping you occupied this week, Larry? What is Is (laughs) your
1: something's happening? (laughs) I have I have two live events to get ready for today and next week. What do you mean? (laughs) I have lifestyle changes. I have lots of things happening. No, Uh, yeah, and then that other thing, that time stealer. But uh, if you're watching this later, I'm talking about the election aftermath, but. Um, but no, it was a, I saw a lot of people reacting well. It was great to see spoiler alert trills, but that's been all the promos. Um, I was smiling through most of this. Uh, the, it was funny to see, it was like a throwback show in one way to me that I don't know if anybody else has mentioned this, but it was like a good old fashioned A story, B story where everything was, alike. like we've got the people on the planet and we got the people on the ship and, uh, yeah the people on the ship wasn't like a comedy relief. Uh, there were times when it felt that way, but I really, uh, uh, I, I enjoyed both threads. I am loving to see someone woke up and realized, or they're reading the fan mail that the entire bridge crew needs to be developed. So what they're, what we got to see with, uh, Owoskin and, uh, and Detmer mainly and Dr. Culver and all that. It's just, it's just, um, amazing how they are. Even when I, I'm, in my mind, I'm seeing you know Dr. Pollard and Non and all these and Linus the Sarian, and mm-hmm. thinking, okay, I love ahead. Linus. <laughs> it's like okay, so they had this big dinner scene. They must have shot that all in one day because that's like the only day that Non worked. You know, it's like my production brain is going, oh okay, uh, and like where? Oh, I guess they didn't uh, they didn't pay Take Notaro this week. There's no Jet Reno even in the group shots. Okay, hmm. She must I love how they say uh, all crew available will report to the you know for the movie the movie right. scene and I'm like, the caveat of everyone available so so Jet Reno must have been repairing some crucial you know life support system that she couldn't get away uh, no and, and, the, and the trill subplot was wonderful I, I'm sure now if we ever get to Toronto the park where they shot all the trill scenes obviously by the lake people are going to be running around doing trill cosplay now on that path. Anyway, no, it was a lot of fun, um, uh, and I know as I watched it, I heard you talking about. Um, yeah. You loved it.
0: <laughs> I loved. I love this. I mean, how because could I of not? What we do. Yeah, because of what we do. How could I not love this? First off. There's a, a a subtle, maybe not so subtle reference to tapestry. So have um, your uh first tapestry reference of the day. <laughs> I was like, literal they're not allowed thread. to do our thing. The the real candidate isn't allowed to do our thing and name drop tapestry. Literal, uh, but they did literal threads. Yes, I lo- <laughs> yes, quite literally. Um, so that I loved, but um, hey, this Ooh. episode. This episode does um, does so much related to mental health. There are a lot of themes. Pretty much every plot, the A plot, the B plot, all the, the, the character right. storylines. Yeah, they all have this theme of mental health. Um, there's one moment where... I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil the joke. But there's a moment uh, where Spoilers. the computer is making these jokes about different ways to cope. And uh, I thought that was hilarious. Um, the whole... Everything in this whole episode is a, uh, when we were talking about w- what should we talk about this week, and how do we also do a fresh topic? That's something that is is a bit of a challenge for us. We've done now. This is episode if I'm, if 30. I'm right, thirty or yeah, yeah. 30. So we we've done we've done 30 episodes we've covered a lot of stuff so how do we cover some new ground and also how do we explore new aspects of canon that we haven't done before that's all it's a lot of puzzle pieces to fit together but the theme that really stick out to me was facing your pain and um, not only physical pain but facing painful memories facing painful experiences Facing difficult um, uh, things that things that uh, are are painful for you, and this episode from beginning to end is about that. Um, and I, I loved I loved this episode. Um, it's a Cyborg especially- special. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what's so funny. That was our first example that came up into my head. And before we get into Cyborg, I also have to say the I mean, you saw this episode last night. I watched this episode on Wednesday. Uh, no, Wednesday or Thursday. Whenever I saw this, whole week feels like it's been one long election night. Um, sorry for those of you in the rest of the world, um, but in America, it's it, this has been a stressful week for us. They, but when I saw they this know week, Ollie, they know they know, they know they've been waiting yeah. too. They've been waiting too. <laughs> um, when I saw this episode, it just like the last few weeks episodes, like this whole season, season three. Each episode has given me some life support. It's given me a bit of a break. And um, much like, uh, oh gosh, who, who mentioned it here in our comments section? Glenn. As as Glenn, much like The Mandalorian has. Um, these episodes have taken me away out of the stress and the chaos of my day. And this all of that sort of stuff. So um, it is really wonderful. I don't have... I like I like the new characters. I like I like all of it. This whole episode. I'm on board. I'm on board with the season, Larry. <laughs> I'm completely on board with the season. Um, I'm uh I'm not scouring fandom and all that, but I
1: is it just me or has the din about this? Disco- I mean, I think it's deserved, and I think anything that's been. Anything that's a legitimate critique I'm always about and there's been plenty of it but it feels like as as I predicted a year ago Discovery's finally able to be comfortable in its own skin and they're really using I, here's a here's an example this has totally nothing to do with either the main A plot or the B plot but I loved how in Saru's dinner scene in the in the Thanksgiving in the dysfunctional in the, family Thanksgiving scene in the Star right? Trek
0: 6 scene
1: <laughs> yeah Oh, I didn't even think about that. I just thought about Saru's got the family together, and they're all stomping out. Now, it's there's a moment when they all start talking about haiku. Yes. And non who is a Barzan, looks at, looks at Saru and goes, haiku.
0: <laughs> and I was like,
1: thank you. Thank you. You know, I guess Linus is a little more cultural. He's up with it. I guess. Um...
0: Maybe you spent a little bit more time on Earth. Um... Well,
1: Sarians have been around for 100 years in the Federation at least. Going by motion picture, and you know, who knows how long uh, uh, the Barzan had. But anyway, it's just it was just a little moment. I'm like, you know, two years ago, they wouldn't have done that. Well, they wouldn't have yeah. had a dinner of all the yeah. bridge
0: crew. You know, yeah, the pacing too. Um, this episode really felt like it, it slowed down enough where that it, it gets not only to the A B um, style of um, of more classic Trek, and it's it's weird mm-hmm. to call. The next generation Deep Space Nine and Voyager classic trek, but it, it gets back to that style, but it also gets back to that pacing. Um, and one of the, one of the best examples of this, I think, um, uh, Jared just mentioned this in our chat. Uh, Wilson Cruz was really amazing this week, had a mm-hmm. lot of wonderful moments and his character. Uh, much like all these characters they got a chance to breathe a little bit and we got to, a chance to spend a little bit more time with them so um, I'm I'm really enjoying this and, and Larry I am so excited to talk about this topic because this topic is a little bit of a different angle than we have taken before and so this is what we want to talk about today are, are character moments where people are facing their pain they are facing painful memories, uh, painful experiences. Nathaniel asked about there's been many m- episodes dealing with memory retrieval. I wonder what the reality is. That might be a whole nother episode in itself, Nathaniel. Um, uh, I the think idea so. of repressed memories hasn't really held up with science, but Memories to cross the streams a little bit. Memories are a little wibbly wobbly. Memories are like Wikipedia articles. Anyone can sort of edit them. Anytime a memory is recreated, new information can impact the way we remember something from the past, which is both scary, but I also think it's optimistic because it's it's what allows Memory Alpha
1: or, to... or Memory Beta. There
0: we, <laughs> there we go. There we go. So maybe we should do a whole episode on memory at some point. Um, but l- Larry, one of the episodes you mentioned um uh, in our prep uh I thought is a perfect example of this, and that's a mock time. A mock time is a wonderful example of facing your pain, because where that episode really starts is Spock um Spock isn't really talking about what's going on. Um and Spock isn't really sharing that he is going through um amok time. He's living the metaphor he's living the metaphor yeah it's, i mean what does he have? he has like a fever his like his whole uh, nervous system is running on overload or something like that um i'm sure mccoy has some type of quippy uh, comment like my god man it's like you're running overheated i don't know it's uh, yeah 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 Is yeah his uh, yeah
1: whatever it's 60s version of uh, his yeah his uh, endocrine system is is
0: uh, yeah yeah your green blood man is Boiling. (laughs) There was a little bit of Shatner in there, but forgive me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm. I'm, Yes. (laughs) Larry's like, I'm just on. I'm just freaking and going on. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, what? Um, just just leave the part to me. Damn it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bones, that was brilliant. Um, all right, folks. Uh, there you go. Have your drink. It's going to be a very silly episode today. Um. uh So what, what I like about that episode Larry is he um, he has to quite literally face his pain. He has to he has to experience a mock time. He has to go through the ritual he has to share it with his friends and um, so he can get their help so he can go back to Vulcan so he can go through the ritual And if he doesn't do that, this pain is going to fester and build and it's going to have a devastating impact on on him it's almost like the experience of going through a mock time is a reminder that hey mr vulcan you need to attend to this thing this thing is going to happen every 7 years you have to tend to it otherwise there's going to be uh, there's going to be bad consequences the pain is a bit of a wake up call to him to address the thing that's actually going on, which is one of the ways in which pain works. Pain tells us something's wrong. You've been injured psychologically, physically. You need to deal with this thing.
1: Run a a level 10 diagnostic.
0: Level 10. Was that the first (laughs) time we've ever gone that high? I was like, Saru, that's like, is that necessary? Have we ever gone to double digit?
1: I, I, I right off the bat, I thought it was a five step thing, but, um, with level one being the top. Well, that's why, see, level 10 is like, I, there's sub, I don't know. They're, they're dealing with hundred year old, you know, we didn't have those until the next gen era anyway. So he's dealing with, uh, a hundred year old scales. So it's like the warp scale. So the warp scale and the diagnostic level scale have been recalibrated or something. I don't know. But it was it was a minor thing that that confused me at first. I'm like, oh, please God, no! What what Red Jack is in the computer? And then when they mentioned the sphere, it was like, oh, there was like all this callback to old, yeah, like like the first two years of Discovery actually did exist. It's like, oh, yes,
0: yes, they're going to use this- these moments. <laughs> they're, they're doing, they're doing a nice job of, uh, reflecting Discovery's canon while not getting stuck into it, like the Spore Drive. They're like, okay, we, we get, I know. I know it's weird. Let's just kind of move on. Uh, Jamal's got an interesting point here, which I think is actually a pain point, too, for Saru. I mentioned this to someone last week in the episode borrowed out. Saru has to be the captain and not the bridge dad. Others will need to take up that role. Jamal, I think that's an interesting point because, he has not been the captain previously, mm-hmm. and now he's struggling with how do, I, how do I be in this role as captain when in the past I've also been more of a part of the crew. And every captain has to find their okay. own balance for that.
1: And the, ca- and the ship's computer is ship's counselor. It's the ship's counselor. Oh it's the gosh. emergency, it's oh the emergency counselor mean... hologram without visual ramif- I mean. <laughs> well, we're it's, seeing some of the short tracks.
0: Um, what was the episode, the Short Trek episode, Larry, where we see Discovery in the far future? Right, Calypso. Right.
1: Yeah, so we're seeing th-
0: parts of The 3D of that.
1: holographic movie night. Right, right, right. Yes. Except we're... Yeah, you're where, uh... seeing
0: part of that. Um, but you mentioned Star Trek V, Larry. Should we well, hot side it's, it's the most –
1: when we said feel your pain, it's like, oh, I feel your pain. Do you feel my pain? Does he feel our pain? We feel his pain. It's like, really? We're going to – okay, fine. It's good. It's fine. It's like, okay. And, I you know, this is – people point at this. I, I'm weird about my McCoy. This is like one of my least favorite McCoy things because I kept thinking, really? In your entire life that we barely know – they could have dramatized the scene with him and his wife. You know, mm-hmm. or him and little Joanna. But no, they go and get him and his dad. It's like, why didn't you do? St- I don't know. I was just, I was really disappointed by that. But then I'm the one that doesn't like for the world is hollow much because mm-hmm. I think it's a very, I think it's a very fake- the Oh look, I'm dying. Talk about. Um, well, that's another one. Talk about facing your pain. McCoy knows that he's fatally, he's got a fatal disease. He only has, has months to live. And yet he says, I want to keep working as long as I can. And then he doesn't say, I'm going to go visit the girl on the planet and I'll have the fall in love romance this week. He doesn't count on that. And then and then it happens and then he's cured. And to their credit, they never got to fulfill it. They left it for fan films to do later to say, (laughs) I'd like to be I'd like to be there in a year and see what's going on. So I don't know if that was Freddie Freiberger just being optimistic or what, like. You guys are going to be back in another year.
0: But yeah, I, um, I think, Scott, I
1: that guess, was a case to me of doing that. So um, I'll, I'll like what, I,
0: I like what Scott has to say. Um, DeForest Kelly was amazing in that scene. But yes, the story point <laughs> itself was random. And and that's yeah. how I feel um, a bit about uh, Star Trek five. Um, I think Cyborg has a really interesting message that is actually... Um, I think reinforced by Vulcans and Star Trek enterprise. When we find out that there's been a bit more diversity in Vulcans and how they approach emotion and Mm -hmm. Cyborg's perspective that like, Hey, 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 let's like experience this stuff. Let's experience emotion Spock let's like, like, you know, like experience the pain, you know, like, um, it's, um, I want to go back li- and
1: insert a scene into five where Cybok is looking at the rest of them and goes oh, oh, what? He never mentioned me?
0: Yeah. Oh, I bet he probably hasn't mentioned his uh, adopted sister either, huh? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And Spock would just raise one eyebrow. <laughs> We're not supposed to talk about it! We're not supposed to talk about it! Uh, I have kept the secret uh, for 40 years and I or, or whatever, 30 I see, years I, a secret, Spock? No, and a mission. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I I like So um, the people I... didn't tell us about Pond Fire for two hundred years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Come on, they've been working together uh, for so long, the humans and Vulcans. You think some human somewhere it's would like, have witnessed even... Pond Fire?
1: Don't even talk about, you know, Sarek and and Michael and Cybok to me. The whole damn culture is weird. But then it's, you know.
0: Well, it's a little bit like the Klingons not talking about their foreheads and talking about the Augments and talking about uh, that whole history. Um, we, we do don't not talk, talk about it about with, it with that, the Yeah. Hawkins yeah. <laughs> would say um, we don't talk about it with Insiders either. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's true. Um, what, I, what I do like about Cybok is um, he recognizes that the things that make you who you are are also uh, the painful things. And he draws the distinction, in maybe not so much directly, but I think an indirect message here, some of the subtext of Star Trek V is pain versus suffering. That pain is universal, but suffering does not have to be. And what he's helping these different characters to do when you hear the... That's more of a warp core. I was going for a heartbeat. Boom. Boom. But the heartbeat sounded like the painful memory um, uh, comes to be, right? All this sort of stuff. It's about helping the characters to come in contact with these very painful experiences, to give them words, to help them understand what happened there, so that they're not suffering anymore. Because that's, And I think that distinction, it's something I'm going to dive into in the Counselor's Log, but I think that's a great message. That, along with the Yosemite scenes, I like that about Star Trek V. Most of the other stuff, meh! Yeah. <laughs> but I do, Everything, I do yeah, like that. I know.
1: I'm an odd... I mean, most people cling to the fireside scene, right? And the campfire and the, and the, to me, it's just all very token. And I just, I kind of go, okay, fine. It's like, yeah, it's better than the other, but to me, it just all feels, it's all forced. But that's me being a crabby uncle uh, Larry. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, Larry, don't worry. We don't have to cling on to this movie anymore. Let's talk about Next Generation. So um, there's an episode here, Larry, um, that I was very excited to talk about because I I really wanted to pull a Next Generation episode that we've never talked yes. about before. And so um, this is a wonderful episode so um, titled um, Ethics. So this mm-hmm. is a Star Trek Next Generation episode um, in which Worf um, goes experiences a, a, a pretty uh, massive injury uh, that leaves him paralyzed. Um, his his back is broken. Is that what happened? Like a big box falls on him in cargo. Bay? A bunch of what
1: yeah, in the cargo bay. Just a, a shelf gives way and he's knocked over. It's pretty mundane. It's almost as mundane as having your brother and nephew die in a barn fire. I mean, you know, it's oh. kind of like when. When Star Trek goes retro with disaster, it's like really okay.
0: <laughs> and the barn fire, like, yeah. I mean, we can we can talk about the barn fire. We'll talk about the somebody's barn fire cut off the
1: phone, Captain. I can't get out. Yeah, yeah I
0: know the yeah. fire suppression is not enabled here. Um, yeah, no, no. What 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 annoys me about that is there's no gravity in space like you think the computer would turn off the artificial gravity when something's about to fall on top of a person you think like you know they could just do that um but you know whatever it gives us a great story and I, it's yeah
1: <laughs> i just thought of samantha when you did that like you know feel oh. like a 60s 60s Whoosh. reverse film episode of i dream of genie or
0: bewitched I was going for a little a little cue but the Samantha works too. Oh, a cue yeah. okay. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um the the thing I love about this episode is not only does it get into medical ethics and uh Dr. Crusher meets this other doctor who's doing a lot of um regenerative medicine, a lot of experimental stuff. She's experimenting on patients without their informed consent. So we could, that, there's a great discussion there. That's the title of the episode. It's really about ethics. This episode's also about facing your pain. Because when, when he's paralyzed, Worf, Wants to die. He wants to die by suicide, mm-hmm. by ritual suicide, because this say, is. This and
1: don't worry. There's a Klingon ritual for it. Yeah.
0: There, of course, there is. Of course, there is the Klingon ritual of mach, <laughs> doc, <bach, laughs> That's when Something. you um, have. And here's the coffee. knife for it. Yeah. 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 Hmm. <laughs> hmm.
1: In any other culture, uh, it would be knife number forty-seven, but no, in yeah.
0: Klingon, it's great. Songs will be sung about this <laughs> <Ractagino>. <laughs> Um Of course, there's a Klingon ritual for it, and um, uh, he asks he asks um, Riker to help him die, and Riker says no, and Riker says I'm not gonna not gonna, and and Picard is like, hey, you know, like. We have to kind of respect their culture, so you kind of have to think about this. And there's a great uh, storyline with with Alexander and who's going to be who's going to be left in um, charge of t- raising Alexander. There's a lot happening here, mm-hmm. and then of course where the episode ends or um, the midpoint of the episode is about him going through the surgery or, or him trying out rehabilitation without surgery. It's mm-hmm. not working, and anyone who's been through physical therapy knows a lot of physical therapy is about experiencing pain and um, building up your body's ability to work through that pain, building up your strength to get through that. I think there's a lot in this episode about um, in, in Worf's culture, especially like what does it mean to face your pain? Um, Does it mean to face your, your fear of death and to complete this, this ritual or does it mean to face The consequences, that you might not be a warrior anymore, you might be injured, and is that the facing the pain? I think there's a lot here we could discuss for a very long time, Larry.
1: Uh, And apparently we are. Uh, No. (laughs) So that's two. There's memory and there's pain there. So just just file that away. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, I'm looking in the – I'm looking in comments here and trying to keep up. Um, Oh, there you go. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, I think Alexander could have done with a little more uh, love squishing, both the character and the actor. Um, uh, actor Brian Bonsall had a very tough life and and uh, mm. died just a couple of years ago. You know, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Had a very troubled uh, childhood, uh, a lot of behavior issues. He was he was so bad. Well, I'm doing a K three here now. Brian, when he was a kid, when he was playing young Alexander, when he was seven and eight and nine, he was such a, he was such hell on wheels that. That whole plot about Alexander coming in as an adult was um, a couple of the writers' way of making him permanently an adult and not having to go back and hire Brian Bonsell. But Jerry Taylor wouldn't hear about it. She was like, there's no way we're going to do that. Um, anyway, I, I Zahir here says you have to talk about uh, – at 10.22, uh, you've got your finger on the button. Uh, Zahir says you've got to talk about Troy and Riker. Facing the pain of losing Thaddeus—that's we're jumping ahead a card—but next gen people um, yeah. of losing Thaddeus, their son, how they remember him. Also, Deanna and Loxana confronting the pain and guilt of losing Kestra to the point where it's a physical—it's a physicality for uh, it's a wacky Betazoid you know, illness for Luxana. Uh,
0: what um, trying what to I think. Th- the memory. Yeah, yeah um, I didn't. I never really connected these dots until now. Uh, that was a Hears comment. Uh, Larry, about yes. Luoxana. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, Zehir. I never thought about this until you just mentioned it. But um, <sighs> you know, they are Diana's an empath, and uh, she's half human. Um, Luoxana's a full, um, full telepath, and she's full beta set. Right. So um, it makes a lot of sense that people who are empathic, who are so uh, empathetic quite literally they, they feel other people's feelings. that um, emotions might be so intense for them that they might have um, a strong physical reaction to them. It makes a lot of sense. And we know and in, in, um, there's cultural difference in how people experience emotions. Some people experience um, sadness more as physical pain. We do know that, that in America, that's much more common among kids. When kids are really down, they feel it more physically. They're less likely to say, I'm sad. They might feel just bad in their body. Um, so there's a lot of diversity in how people feel emotions. And someone who feels emotions much more intensely makes sense. They might have a more of a total body reaction to that. I never thought about that until now. But that makes absolute yeah. sense.
1: Wow. Well, and if you've got two, one of the, the two races we know of, with high, empathy, high or telepathy, Vulcans and Betazoids, both. I mean, Betazoids are a little more integrated. It, Vulcans, is like outright suppression, and then the, physical, the physiologies followed that after a thousand years of evolution. That seems kind of short on the evolutionary scale, but maybe they were predisposed to begin with. But uh, uh, the hothead Vulcans adaptable. are like... Yeah, yeah. But the Betazoids, too, when it's an extreme. And, and yeah, Deanna is a, is a mixed blood, so it may be a little diluted there, but when you're... And the, and the uh, Hagen... Andrus Hagen, whatever the uh, Beta Zoid that went insane um, in uh, Night Terrors, when we've seen when Beta Zoid telepathy goes wrong, um, yeah. Well, that um, and, uh, and 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 uh, uh, what's his name, uh, John Groner's character in uh, in uh, the, the Next Gen episode where he's he had the trouble integrating. Um, when he went through puberty as a betazoid. Uh, I've gone blank on the episode. It's,
0: yeah, uh, I know. That I, I, I'm, I'm blanking out the name, but I know the episode. You're it's talking
1: the first about. space baby, isn't it? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first space baby. Um, with DS9, or actually, before we jump into DS9, let's talk about generations for a moment. Um, this is, um, I, I think I mentioned this on, on the show previously, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um I, I've recently had a change of heart on um, aspects of Star Trek Generations. For a long time, it was not my favorite Star Trek film. Um, but there's <coughs> there's a couple of things, uh, a couple themes in it that my friend uh, Dr. Drea Letdimenti, friend of the show, from our very first panel together, she was watching it for the first time and texted me and said, this show is about, you know facing facing your pain and about painful moments and and emotions that you think are too much to bear and wanting to go to this place of the nexus to escape all that where you have no pain where you're free where you're just living in joy but the characters realize that that's it's vapid it's not it's not living that you can't live unless you also experience um, the painful parts of life. And she was telling me all this, and I'm like, you got all that from Generations? (laughs) (laughs) Because in my head, Generations was the movie I saw, and I was so excited to see Picard and Kirk come together, but I was disappointed with how it played out. But if you look at those, if you put that stuff aside for a moment, and you revisit it, Larry, there's a lot of grief in Star Trek Generations Kirk, uh, I'm sorry, Picard, learning mm-hmm. about the death of his brother and nephew in a barn. Fire suppression was not working again, yeah, yeah. Um, and him holding on to that. You see it as he bursts out of the um, of of the holodeck um, in his regalia, and mm-hmm. um, where he sort of yells at Riker, and he, Riker's like. <laughs> but you see how the anger. Um, the the grief, the shock is playing out for Picard, and it's not until the moment he sits down with Troy and is looking at the photo album that he realizes just how much pain he's in. Um, and uh, the idea of time and of, of about um, uh, experience. It's... Uh, Fire, which I prefer to think of it as uh, a companion who reminds you that these moments will never come again. Um, there's there's a lot of beauty in that movie about about pain and about um, pain is a part of life. Again, you, 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 suffering is not universal, but pain is, and pain and joy. These things have to both exist for us to really live our lives. I, I think that's well, a wonderful it, message.
1: In a way, that whole, we have to have our pain to, you know, it's, it's, it's almost a throwback, or mostly a throwback, also to the most, you know, the most black and white on the nose of episodes. Well, aside from let that be your last battlefield, <laughs> which I always, cr- it's like, great message, cringy delivery. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the enemy within, the old, you know, separated Kirk good and bad half. And if we think about evil Kirk, you know, raping Rand and all that, but part of that was also the fear. Uh, of just anything negative, right? At the end, the, the evil Kirk doesn't want to integrate. It's scared when they're, you know... Um, it's painful. Anyway, I, I was thinking about, you know, when and and uh, the Kirk without... Or Picard in your... What's your favorite episode? Tapestry? Yeah. Picard without his oomph. Picard without the pain of the heart and the stabbing
0: and... Yes. ...and that trauma. Yes. yes. He needed to grow from that experience and realize how precious life is um how much he has to take advantage of the moments he has i think tapestry ties directly to generations what he says at the end of star trek generations is a complete almost like it's a thread larry almost like this this all of this stuff is connected um let the threads touch you let the threads touch you Oh, man. Um, I was rot-
1: there at the end of this episode of Discover of, of Forget Me Not. I almost as she stood there and the threads connected, I wanted to start rotating and get really glow, <laughs> 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 and then have a Delton step up and just, you know, touch her anyway.
0: Oh, my was- gosh, that would have been that would have my mind would have just <laughs> um rose rose brought up um all good things and um the loss of the enterprise is the pain there um i think there's there's a lot of um there's a lot of different aspects of pain that that are there um i think one one memory that really sticks out to me about there's a lot that sticks out to me about all good things but the final moment where picard joins the uh poker game and he looks around Mm -hmm. And there's a little sense of loss of, like, I should have done this a long time ago. And I think it's uh, Deanna who says, uh, you're always welcome. Um, and he starts the game and the mission continues, right? Um, there's, uh, I, I think there's a bit of him facing his, um, his pain right there in that moment. The sense of loss, like, did I miss out on an opportunity to really connect with these people who have always been there for me in past, present, and future as he learns in all good things. And, um, in, or he could avoid all of that, avoid those uncomfortable moments, avoid that painful experience and never join the game and just bury it deep down. But he goes a different path. And he knocks on the, he, Star Trek knock, you know, doo-doo-doo. Um, that was more of a Voyager knock. Um, uh, I forget what the TNG knock sounds like.
1: It's just a little There shiny. you go. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's, the Voyager one yeah. goes up. Doo-doo-doo. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, Deep Space Nine one is just like, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deep Space Nine one is just, Okay.
0: Well, speaking of DS9, let's jump into DS9. You mm-hmm. and I both have um, two different examples we wanted to bring up. Um, you had a wonderful example right here, Larry.
1: Well, it dawned on me, and this was like the last thing I thought of, because uh, we were talking about let's try to hit some episodes we haven't done before. This isn't – well, it's the episode, but it's what the episode means, because rarely in Star Trek do we get an episode <laughs> that was just as much of a shake. Oh, I just thought of a K3 I could have done this week. Um, <laughs>
0: You, we, we don't just, know what you're doing this week, so you can call it Audible if you like.
1: I, I know. I got okay. Uh, Bashir,
0: left wing on twelve. Okay. No, it's... <laughs> is episode... probably not the guy you'd want on your football team. Or actually, he might be made for a good wide receiver. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Yeah, no, <laughs> no I, I but forgot. But... I forgot. I forgot the point of the episode we were just talking about for a moment.
1: Right, right, right. So <laughs> so the point, when, when his whole backstory, through the parents... I just I'm, I love how it's the parents, especially his dad, that gets all the blame for his genetic resequencing, his genetic engineering. Um, i forgot that it didn't happen until he was like a, a teenager He was like middle school age, but when they have him genetically resequenced, he goes through gene, you know, living gene therapy, and it's revealed that he's basically as, you know, he's con, he's like con like here. He's got all these. But think about what it was like, and he changed his name from Jules to Julian. You know, he started trying to adapt to that as a teenager. And as an adult, when it's revealed, his dad takes the, whether you think it's a crazy law or not, his dad takes the brunt of it. He's the one that goes to prison, but in return for him getting to be just like he was, except now everyone knows. But just think what Bashir has done his entire life. Talk about fighting through, facing your pain and moving on anyway. Since the time he was like, since before he finished maturing... He has carried this. Hello.
0: Yeah, I have clicked something I should not have clicked, so I am sorry. What are you folks.
1: doing?
0: There we go. I don't know what happened. Keep on talking, Larry. I'm gonna fix this soon. I'll just I'll just cover you there.
1: No, it's like it dawned on me last night. I'd not considered the fact that I mean, you do in a shallow way. He. It's not like it was a revelation. To, it's not like he found out that he, he knew his whole life he'd been compensating, and, and, you know, O'Brien kids in later on about, you mean all this time you've been like, you know, you've been taking your own handicap when we play darts or whatever or, or handball? And he's like, well, yeah. But he's done that, you know, getting the question wrong on the, the famous question wrong, the preganglionic fiber and all that. Doing all that intentionally, he has lived with a lie his whole life. You know, he's made himself less than his whole life. So this isn't just a pain of like, you know, six months or a year or a couple of days. He's, you know, he's in his 30s here, Uh, 20 years, 30 years. He's gone on um, living that pain and, and playing through it. The pain of keeping a secret because secrets that are like life and death secrets. It's like you're Jewish and you're hiding out in the Holocaust. It's like you're Anne Franking, you know, when will my secret be revealed? That's a horrible stress. You know, it's like living under tyranny and thinking, "When will I ever get to live free again?" Um, you know, that's a horrible stress to put on yourself. Much, you know, a culture, then or culturally. But I just thought of it in terms of Bashir living with the pain, not just for a little while. Not just, "Oh, look, Worf just had a spinal injury and he's trying to live with it or deal with it." Um, but he had been doing it for decades.
0: There we you'd, go. You'd
1: almost have to be a Superman Perfect to get timing. through
0: that. Perfect <laughs> timing. Um yeah, and speaking of Superman, um whew, that was sweaty. Tried to figure that out. I'm sorry, folks. I don't know how I enabled this picture-in-picture stuff. Um I'm glad I'm glad we kind of got through it. Um okay. Um earlier is no mentioned paying a bit of attention
1: to me because we were all watching you
0: play. This. Everyone saw my cheat sheet, my notes. Um uh, we, um, uh, Zahir mentioned earlier, Wrath of Khan is an example of how not to deal with your, with your pain. And what I think is, um, what I think's great about that comment, Zahir, is, um, you're, you're completely right. Khan never really deals with what's the root cause of his pain. Mm-hmm. That he's been wronged and he was left, uh, left buried alive. Buried alive. <laughs> um he was left on city alpha um city alpha 6 five! Oh, 5 5 right um this and no is
1: one five.
0: <laughs> that's good that's good <laughs> uh, I had a
1: couple of years to work on it <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh no one i mean he was wronged he was neglected he was left behind and yeah he's got you know, he's genetically enhanced and so all of his feelings are enhanced and there's that whole eugenics problem. Um, but, uh, you kind of wonder what would have happened if someone actually, like, checked in on Khan, um, every now and then. So, um, Khan, uh, Michael says Khan needed to meet Cybok. That should have been Star Trek Six. Um, Cyborg travels back in time to help Khan. <laughs> Feel as paid. Um, <laughs> that would have been What an episode. What a movie that would have been. I feel um, your pa- yeah, release your pain. Release your pain. No.
1: <laughs> I prefer to go on I have been hurt before, and I prefer to go on hurting myself. <laughs> <laughs> Cyborg's <laughs> like okay
0: oh my gosh oh my gosh um
1: <laughs> you 19, you, yeah you 1990s guys you're just you're just crazy you're just throwbacks
0: <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh i am i am uh crying here um okay well let me talk about another um ds9 episode real quick i want to talk about the visitor and um not only is this one of DS9's best. It's one of Star Trek's best. This episode always moves me to tears. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. These comments, uh, Charlotte says, I'm now picturing uh, Khan on the couch in a counseling session with Cybok. <laughs> Someone needs to make that fan art. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, okay, okay. You're welcome, world. You're welcome, Get it everybody. Visitor, the visitor. Um, I want to talk about the visitor. Um, this is an episode where uh, Jake witnesses his dad um, disappear um, into what seems like oblivion. He takes some responsibility for this, and um, he he's living with that massive grief um, and and that massive pain, um, and spends a few years trying to uh, go about his own career. Um, he writes those. books books that started with that alien inspiration mm-hmm. lady, uh, the muse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the alien inspiration. We call us the AIL. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the AIL. Uh, um, but um, <clears throat> Jake sort of gives up his writing career. Uh, Larry, I forget if this happens before or after that first visit from Ben Sisko. Um, it oh, might happen... The first The first visit is third
1: season with the two-parter about martial law. Oh, Ben Sisko. Ben (laughs) Sisko. I was thinking of Dad there for a second. Yeah, Joseph. Anyway, I've totally lost track of what you're saying.
0: Yeah, well I I've, I've got a point. I, I might get to it um at some point. Um okay. the, the 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 part uh, that I think is so so great about this story. There's a lot of things that are so great and beautiful about the story, not to mention the scene where um where Ben appears and his son is now older than him and he's sleeping and he just sort of sits there um and looks at his son sleeping um even though his time is so limited, um, it's it's a it's just a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get emotional just thinking about it. But um, Jake gives it all away. He gives up his writing career, um, and we learn that when the visitor comes to see him and talk to him about, you know, why didn't you write more? And he he talks about how he he gave all that away um, in order to try to uh, try to bring his dad back, and so. Um, Jake could only get to that point if he found a way to face his pain. If he found a way to work through his guilt. If he found a way to deal with his loss. And what I love about that message is sometimes that takes years. It's not, it's not something that's solved in, you know, a 45 minute episode. Now, this is solved in a 45 minute episode, but it's not, it's not solved in 45 minutes. What, it's solved right. over the course of, of decades. And sometimes yeah. facing our pain is a long journey. It's a long process. And we see Jake go through that. Um, and I love that. Um, it's, it's a very different way of facing your pain than we see in the rest of the stories we've talked about. It's a process that occurs over years. And sometimes that's how long it takes. You know, um, for complex grief, Larry, where people might feel uh, a a big sense of shock or guilt or responsibility or um, just a wide variety of complex feelings over the loss of a loved one, it can take up to five years before someone is even able to talk about that experience. Five years before they're able to really start talking about it. So sometimes pain, it takes a long time to work through. and, And that's what we see with the visitor.
1: That's that's also uh, this could be for later on for counselors for uh, whatever but they, they, the whole thing about statute limitations on sexual assaults and rape cases and all that uh, well any kind of assault but I, it's most poignant with, with with the the assault dynamic is well if you if it was such a big deal why didn't you say something at the time and how many times have we had you know victims say I couldn't I couldn't at the time yes and it takes yeah. the gears to pile up and and that whole lifting of the statute of limitations on some you know sex and assault crimes because it just takes a while uh for the person to to be able to deal with it work through it
0: yeah Yeah, exactly um cairo says ali don't worry we're used to waiting this week for results for your point whatever thank you cairo (laughs) thank you cairo i appreciate that um yeah, Linda says, um, wow, it took me ten years to face the grief over my mother's death. And Linda, you're not alone. You know, it took me it took me five years before I could start talking about um my brother's death. It takes um it takes a long time um to experience these things sometimes. And uh and Jake is a wonderful example of that. Um So Larry, let's jump forward. We got a few more episodes before we're gonna jump yeah, into yeah. the um a few more things I want to talk about. Voyager has a fantastic episode about this and folks an episode we haven't talked about before
1: i'm always intrigued when anybody starts off a sentence with voyager has a fantastic episode because i'm a little down on it, but that's okay that's again that's my own personal uh witness trauma there, watching voyager watching the sausage be made for voyager so
0: yeah, yes. and and this is um you know this is something you and I have talked about with life support live is we our experiences um our experiences as a community yours mine everyone in the comments section um everyone in this community uh we add texture and understanding and a deepening of our appreciation for this thing we love called Star Trek um let's talk about latent image Larry texture um, not. True. Texture not.
1: Texture not trivia is
0: my hashtag. Texture uh, not trivia. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, I want to talk about latent image. Um, this is um, uh, this it's, is a the real
1: doctor tra- Sophie's choice. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, this episode, along with um, TNG's ethics, these are sort of our two big doctor episodes um, and medical ethics episodes of, of today. Um, so this is an episode where uh, the doctor is uh, like things aren't adding up experiences aren't making sense. The doctor's wondering if there's like a malfunction or if there's something wrong with the crew or if the crew's hiding something from him. And long story short, um the doctor had to make a life or death decision about who lives and who dies. And he ended up ended up picking someone who he has a closer relationship with. And he could not <laughs> deal with that and ask the captain to erase the memory. Um, this is, this gets back to Nathaniel's point about memory. We had, This is now our second episode about memory. Um, he could not deal with that pain. And we can debate whether the doctor feels pain. That's a whole other discussion. But he wanted that wiped away because he just couldn't deal with it. And the end of the episode right there that you see is him um, having to confront it right again. Um, and I think this is, you know... Larry, there's been so with, many times with, uh,
1: where. Uh, thanks to Counselor Janeway.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that ship needed a counselor. My goodness. Um, you know, there's only so much Vulcan meditation can get you. Uh, <laughs> Tuvok was really working overtime there. Um, or
1: Bajoran Spiritualism on DS9, apparently. Or, or Bajoran, yeah.
0: Um, the, uh, there's been so many times where all of us want to just. Uh, whoosh, Erase a race of memory, right? Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't quite work like that. Um, we, we have to find ways of integrating experiences we've all had. Good, bad, ugly, um, the shameful parts of us, the, the parts that we're very proud of. And we have to find ways to integrate them with the story of who we are. And that's a painful process. Um and that episode really ends with the Doctor having to confront that, and we never really find out how that <laughs> process played out for him. But um, I think that's that's a big step forward in the Doctor's journey to to evolve. Um, and it's it's a story I think that resonates with all of us.
1: Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, I was I was uh, trying to catch up the chat here because I'm getting progressively uh, behind.
0: No, and, and, and if anyone's me. interested in rewatching that episode, latent image is
1: latent uh, image is the episode, video. yeah, and that's yeah. the only one because there is absolutely nothing else in uh, Voyager about anybody playing through their pain.
0: Oh gosh, <laughs> there's there's a lot, and we could have chosen a lot. Um, pick a,
1: pick a Balana episode, and it's oh my gosh, oh my gosh,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Enterprise, Larry. Um, yeah. You mentioned, episodes.
1: you were talking about doctors there, You know, there's, there's two or three uh, Dr. Phlox episodes about uh, Yes About uh, doctoral ethics In fact, it seems like it hits Phlox and Enterprise I mean, Enterprise is all about ethics Because it's supposed to be They're all learning everything for the first time But uh, Phlox and doctoring Has been around for a while He didn't just become a doctor But anyway, they, they lean into the doctor ethics episodes a lot there
0: uh, Yeah mm-hmm. And and the episode oh, yeah. that forgets. Yeah, just that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Spock makes Kirk forget a painful memory. Yeah, um, it's a requiem uh, for Methuselah. Uh, Michael asks Neelix, not your counselor of choice. I think I would take Tuvix over over Neelix. There, um, I think <laughs> Tuvix would be the best counselor because he's got all the hospitality of Netflix. A uh, Netflix <laughs> of Neelix. Of Neelix. Got Netflix. <laughs> Who's next in
1: your Neelix queue? (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. What a day. What a day, Larry. Um, All right. So, Enterprise. Um, There is a couple episodes that stuck out to me. Um, And one of them, yeah, is a a Dr. Flox episode. Um, And that's uh, Similitude. Um, This is the episode where uh, Trip has a a big injury. And um, a -hmm. life-threatening injury. And the doctor creates a clone. Uh, to, to basically harvest parts out of the clone to save Tripp's life. And um, speaking about pain uh, and Tuvix, uh, this episode has a lot in common with Tuvix. Um, there's a lot of questions here about, um, uh, about pain and about life um, and how far do we go... To preserve someone's life, if it comes at the expense of someone else's pain, and does sim similitude uh, is what do they name him? Do they name him Sim or
1: yes, Sim Trip was the yeah, or Sim and Sim Trip was the
0: yeah, the, con- yeah, the like construction does yeah. does he experience pain? Is he alive? Can we can we justify saving a life if it comes at the expense of someone else's pain? um and how far do we go how conscious how self aware does someone else need to be does life need to be to experience pain until we until we start labeling it as pain and that this is unethical i think similitude brings up all those questions and there's no easy answers for that larry
1: no and i just dawned on me that when we're out of new episodes and we're going back to our own themes we should we should do Tuvix and Sim because I hadn't even thought of yeah. I, hadn't even, I thought of them individually and I know the problems inherent each one, but I hadn't lumped them together like that. Because I'm a to me the whole Tuvix well, I'll say this for that show, but I'll just say the whole the whole Tuvix situation, I I did not know until years later that this was a thing with people. And it's like pro or anti Tuvix <laughs> as far you know, pro or anti jingway Tuvix, because to me it was like you had two things that were here already, two beings, something happened, let's get them back. I don't, I, you know, it's like, well, this was, now, Sim was like, here's living, here's living uh, Tucker, over. here's living Trip, and then we've created this thing on the side, and to me, that was, I don't want to say it was totally different, but it was a whole different, I mean, I actually, I didn't care about, it was like, oh. I cared about Tuvix because it was like, wow, that was a really good actor-character combination. Yes. This was actually yes. a Voyager that worked. I hate to see the character go away, but as yeah. far as the, reali- the reality of the moment, it's like, restore the two things that you know do no harm. It's like, do no harm to the two that were here before The do no harm to the one that came later as it's, an accident. Um, and, it, Sim- it, and Trip is more like, here's a creation that was existing on the side. And it seemed to be a tragedy because they were both there, but it was like you're still picking the, the thing that was originally here versus the – which applies to other situations in life, and we'll save that for the show. But anyway.
0: Yeah, I, it's, it's – um, both episodes uh, take me back to a feel. I think two Vicks more, two Vicks more so, um, take me back to that same feeling I had when I watched A Private Little War for the first time. And um, the episode ends – with uh, Bones advocating, Bones saying, like, you know, um, this, is, uh, this is not a good situation. And then Kirk kind of responds, like, what would you have me do, Bones? Mm-hmm. There's no answer here. This is, this is an impossible yeah. situation. And um, I think Janeway is in that impossible situation yeah. with Tuvix where there there's no right answer. It's all morally, ethically gray. And whatever decision you're going to make is going to come at the expense of, of some life, which happens with similitude, which happens with latent image as well. I was going to say, that's um,
1: your, la- yeah, that's your Sophie's that's choice. That's latent image. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. Is- um yeah, um, there's a comment here I wanted to bring up that's really kind of tied into... Oh, yeah, and so speaking of Enterprise, um, Glinda says, uh, T'Pol's struggle has fascinated me. For so long, none of the crew knew anything about what she's going through. And, I mean, can you imagine, speaking of facing your pain, being the only Vulcan serving on a human ship, where there are there's only one other alien um and um this is not like vulcan uh starfleet time of uh the original series or the next generation um the culture and the differences there's a big gap there between you and humans how much pain must she have been going through holding in so much of uh of of uh that experience um and we can go deeper into T'Pol and that actually made me think of um Carbon Creek um mm-hmm. one of my favorite episodes of Enterprise because we see T'Pol's um ancestor and we we hear about how the Vulcans had had visited Earth earlier they had some knowledge they decided not to make further contact until first contact happens in Star Trek first contact but um that same loneliness and you see to Paul's, um, um, ancestor, uh, with this great star Trek tradition of the actors playing their ancestral selves. I I love that. Um, but, um, this longing for a little connection and a little bit of curiosity and, and what do they do when they're sort of stranded here on this planet? Um, I think that that pain of loneliness, um, this is something I wanted to talk about in the counselor's log. But um, being alone, being lonely, um, you feel physical pain. There's actually research that suggests um, the same regions in your in your brain that are activated when you experience physical pain. Similar regions are activated when you're lonely, when you feel isolated. To Paul was going through that on the Enterprise. And her ancestor was going through that with Carbon Creek as well, so I think that's that's another great example of pain.
1: Yeah, and and uh, this is a thorough, This is me scouring our chat from way back. But as while we're in Voyager, oh, well, we've gone on. to <laughs> we went into Enterprise anyway. Um, here's one more from Zahir about Voyager. Uh, he thought I was talking about this, but I wasn't. But it's worth bringing up Lon Suter on Voyager, the the uh, psychotic, you know, the uh, serial killer. Uh, murderer who played who played through his pain, his therapy. He undid his therapy to come out and and deal with an intruder, um, and then died for it. But it was really tragic, but heroically, tragically heroic, heroically tragic. Anyway, um, you know, someone who dealt with a demon for the greater good and and sacrificed for himself. Anyway,
0: gosh, um, the problem with today, Larry, is I want to rewatch all these episodes. Uh I, I would love to spend I would love to spend the rest of the day not being a dad or being a husband or a friend and just being a trekkie. Like I would love to just like or just hang out in Trekland. Or an American citizen. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, let's put all that stuff aside and I just wanna yeah. I wanna move forward for the twenty fourth century, twenty third century. Um oh my gosh. Um um, oh, uh, so I wouldn't. Um, it wouldn't Modern. be an episode of Life Support Live if I don't bring <laughs> up the Kelvin timeline. And I have another example of of feasting. I tried, your
1: people. I tried, but okay.
0: I will. I will always defend the Kelvin films. And um, I'm going. Hey, folks! Not only am I defending any old Kelvin film, I'm defending Into Darkness this week. Yeah, last <laughs> week I was talking about all the problems with Khan there, but I would argue that throughout these three films one of the best character arcs we have is with zachary quinto spock and also with leonard nimoy's spock um and uh, the their journey together but in star trek into darkness there's a beautiful moment where they're on that um they're on that ship that they stole from the uh uh yeah the
1: shuttle yeah
0: the the incident with um larry help me out here
1: it's a Kelvin. I don't care. It's the three of them. It's it's it's. McC- um, it's what's uh, his name?
0: What's his name? Sp- um, they they stole it from, or they got it from the incident with. Um, um, he's in. He's he he was in the first season of Star Trek Discovery. Um, um, mud. The mud incident. Thank you. Okay. Thank you Ali. You remembered it. they, they, they have this ship that they they got from the mud incident. It's a very faint. Here's a little K3 for you. All here's a doctor Ali. It's it's not even a K3. It's more of a K2 factor. It doesn't warrant K3. K1 and a half. Okay. What is <laughs> half? If you listen closely, they say um we we uh we encounter we got this from the mm-hmm. incident with mud. Um so um Anyways, um, Ahura, um, Spock and, uh, Kirk Kirk are are in the shuttle. shuttle. Yeah. They're, um, they're gonna encounter the Klingons, right? And Ahura and Spock are sort of fighting and Kirk's like, can, can we focus on the mission, folks? And, um, Ahura says, like, you don't even care. And, and Spock, um, it's, it's a beautiful little, uh, monologue he goes into, but he talks about how painful it was. For him to witness the loss of his planet, the death of his mother, um, to become an endangered species. And it's not that he doesn't care. The problem is he cares too much. He's feeling too much. And he does not wish to feel anymore. He does yeah, not want the these image. emotions. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, is, um, this is a wonderful... Um, a wonderful I spent moment. time last night finding
1: that so don't, don't
0: you No, know. I, this is a, a really great um it's uh, zachary quinto does just such a fantastic job in this moment um and he's speaking to a lot of of grief of trauma of being a refugee and of of being by species uh, vulcan and human you know um uh, he did not go through Kolinar. This is a different Spock than what we see in. Well, that Spock also didn't go through Kolinar, right? Um, he doesn't go through Kolinar in the motion picture, Leonard Nemo, Spock Prime. Well, he
1: he uh, goes. He doesn't complete it. He goes all up to the moment of. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So um, don't take that away from <laughs> him.
1: He's he spent months up there years Michael says get
0: get new Spock some colon already (laughs) Um, I think it's that moment really shows um, how much Spock is is in pain and how much he does not wish to experience that pain which is a lot of what can ex- people can experience when they go through trauma and when they are, um, as Spock is now, a refugee as well. So um, I, I really want, uh, love that. Um, we've almost gone through the whole canon. Um, Larry, should we just uh, quickly uh, oh. Picard and uh, Lower Decks? We've got a couple examples for that.
1: Oh, well, there's nobody fighting through pain in Picard, so we can skip that one. Um,
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, the XPs I think is a great, um, they're a great parallel for for folks that are in pain. We could spend a lot of time talking was, about XPs, uh, but why don't we talk about Lower Decks just for a moment, just for a moment. Just because I think it's, good, it's good, yeah. We, um, <laughs> this is probably my favorite episode of Lower Decks. Um,
1: I'll, uh, I'll see, I'll see, feel your pain and raise you to, I'll fight your pain. Yeah. Your own pain.
0: So, my own um, pain. We see Mariner literally fighting herself in a holodeck simulation of herself, and it's it's kind of mirroring something that happens in um, a type of therapy, th- uh, type of therapy called gestalt therapy, where people there's this empty empty chair technique where you you can sit and talk to someone who isn't there, who has passed away, or to yourself. And you can have a conversation with someone who doesn't really, who isn't here. Um, and Meritor's doing that. She's having a conversation with herself. And in doing so, she's having to encounter different aspects of who she is. And some, pa- and some painful reflections back of who she is. It's a wonderful scene in a wonderful um, episode that really is capping off Mariner's journey in this first season of Star Trek. <laughs> a wonderful
1: ahead. season. I was expecting for the rule
0: of three. Oh, and ago. a wonderful season. Yeah, and a, and a wonderful season. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I really love that moment of of Mariner having her own pain sort of reflected back at her.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's got us through. We've we've done a good roundup, and we we were talking Discovery already. So, uh, yeah, Mary, no you've, you've no pain on that show.
0: You've been um, keeping track of these uh, of, of our comments. Um, any examples that uh, folks have brought up? A lot of different examples. Any anything we want to highlight before we jump into the counselors' log? Uh,
1: well, I had so Jamal was countering me on McCoy and his dad. Uh, he said the scene with McCoy was more poignant because he is a doctor having to let death win, and a child having let go of a parent and finding out that the cure was close by. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Triple threat. I'm just saying. <laughs> That I wanted. It was a perfect time to let let us see some of McCoy's backstory with his wife, and uh, we didn't get it. And that's what always pissed me off. So anyway, yes, it was a wonderful moment for. It's probably Dee's best acting. I hate to put that in quotes. Besides the cot scene with Edith, you know that's all right, Madeira, because I don't believe in you either. I love that scene, but anyway, um, Cairo. Linda, as a,
0: this this just cracked me up. I'm always confused <laughs> that the visitor is not about Nanak. <laughs> Cairo, you—it's
1: <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> wacky Austrian sense of humor. That's what it is. Um, I love it. I love it. I'm digging. I'm digging further back. Uh, oh, I'm looking at people, not so much. Uh, you, you
0: had a comment from Galinda, I think, that you wanted to mention. I
1: was. I started to say, Linda said oh, Linda. Uh, that
0: she was. Yeah, she. They were talking
1: back and forth here, um, but she said we were talking about pain and people hiding their pain and dealing with it and all that. And Linda said uh, she'd become an expert at hiding pain. I'm going to say I know that she's shared it here. That Linda's a nurse dealing with COVID all year long, and it's been a pl- it's been a year when a lot of people, for various reasons uh, medically, financially, politically, all three, um, f- family wise, educationally, a lot of people have been uh, dealing with their pain this year and want to release from it. Um, uh, uh, and Charlotte, I, I col- Charlotte, oh, yeah. kind of in response to that, said, we were talking about uh, releasing pain, and Charlotte said uh, she's just been feeling her feelings all over the place. That's how much pressure the pandemic has put me under. Yeah. I've gone from someone who held my cards close to the, my vest to someone who just throws my cards at people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And um, I would say that that's a common experience. We um, we're dealing with high levels of anxiety. We don't have access to the things that usually help us to feel better. Um, And we have a lot of stress, a lot of real world stress, real world challenges. We don't function that well when we are dealing with that many decisions about that many stressful topics. So a lot of us are irritable, we're not sleeping well, we're on edge. I think that's a that's a pretty common experience. Mm-hmm. Larry, um, I, I need to acknowledge that um, uh, Glinda um, as well as Charlotte were bringing up O'Brien. Yes. Yes yes, um, yes. yes. We could do a whole show on how much pain O'Brien goes through. And uh, and we've talked a lot about O'Brien, which is why we weren't really bringing up O'Brien today. Um, and it was a little bit of a painful experience for me when I whatever button I clicked on uh, was creating that infinity effect. But I love that Scott and Michael uh, both said it's a wormhole. Uh, you're bringing a little bit of joy uh, into my day here. And Glenn said, I like the infinity uh, mirror yeah. effect. I'm glad you guys got it kicked out of it because I was freaking out inside. I'm- I
1: was going to say a little butterfly effect there. Hey, I just want to do a real quick shout out too here. I just see Buck Field is in our community, in our chat here today. He's an old colleague from my enterprise and space uh, experiences. So I just want to say a shout out to him. Yeah, yeah, everybody's been great today. These last two or three, this whole thing about we wait on the current episode of the current show and then get a theme from that. So rather than sitting down and coming up with these like, you know, etched brass plate topics, we're kind of yeah. doing things on the fly. And they keep coming up with things that there could be, a you know, oh, gosh, people in pain working through it and facing it. That's never happened in Star Trek before, much less, you know, de- decent drama. But anyway, but, yeah, everybody coming up with uh, uh, all of this has just been oh, um, amazing. I, I
0: love our, our chat has been amazing. Um, uh, the past few episodes have been especially awesome. Linda mentions duet. Um mm-hmm. this is um a, a favorite of ours to bring up because there the episode is so rich with so much. Um the duet is um it's it's painful to watch. Um to, to see everything play out here. A uh, wonderful episode of Deep Space 9. Linda that's that's a great example here.
1: Yeah. Uh that was the first episode that I went wow. D- DS9's going to make it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it was. And, and it was also, all in the back of, of Nana
1: and uh, of Harris Yulin. It was yes. like the whole episode was on them, and they carried it incredibly. And it was like, and that's the one where I went, "Oh my god, Nana Visitor. her." Uh, you
0: know? Oh yeah, deserves. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful episode. No. Um, yeah, I think that kind of brings us. Uh, I think we're kind of caught up here. Uh, Larry, can we uh, venture? Into uh, the counselor's log.
1: Okay, let's do it. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, let's do it. So this is the part of the show where I do a little bit of deeper dive into some of the psychology that we have been um, talking about in this week's episode, and um, the the thing I want to talk about here a little bit, Larry, is this idea of experiential avoidance. Um, some some folks say that experiential avoidance might be the problem across all of mental health um and what experiential avoidance means is when we are um when we're experiencing things inside of us um in our bodies in um we're in, when we're experiencing thoughts or when we're in situations that create some distress immediately trying to avoid them immediately trying to shut them down, immediately trying to get out of them, that that is the common experience across anxiety, across depression, across eating disorders, um, across psychosis. That is the biggest problem and the biggest hurdle. And what most uh, mental health professionals are trying to do is help people to understand those experiences that are very difficult, that are painful, that are scary, that are confusing, and um, learn the things that they need to be able to, um, to experience them, to cope with them, to ride them out, or to reduce them. And there's a lot of reasons why that might be. Um, Sometimes people might not have learned the skills they need to deal with different experiences. Maybe they were brought up in a culture that might have made them more sensitive to difficult experiences. Maybe they were born with the volume turned up on one of these emotions. Or maybe they've just gone through really difficult experiences. But experiential avoidance, avoiding sensations inside of you thoughts or, or situations might be some one of the biggest challenges that all of us have and so there's some there's a lot of evidence to support that so for example thought suppression trying to um trying to get a thought out of your head it usually only makes that thought stronger this is the uh, you know don't think of a pink elephant and you just end up thinking of a pink elephant a whole scenario um thought suppression doesn't work avoiding emotions tends to make them stronger as well and we're talking about pain Um, there's a a really cool theory of pain it's called the gate control theory of pain which basically means um, you know when pain is activated there's uh, these neural pathways that are activated that are bringing your attention to it Sometimes if you bring more attention to it, it might increase the, under, uh, increase the sense of pain. Sometimes if you do different things, it might decrease your experience of pain. But to understand all of that, you have to tend to the pain. You have to know what makes me more vulnerable to the pain, what makes me less vulnerable. And one of the biggest challenges we have in treating chronic pain conditions is when um, people might just do things to completely block out the whole sense of pain altogether then they kind of get stuck and they might not be going anywhere. Um, One of the, I already talked before about how um, we have to tend to our pain. We have to listen to what it's telling us. But the other comment, and and I kind of talked about the difference between pain and suffering. But one more thing I want to add in here is rethinking how we understand pain. You know, Larry, you probably heard of uh, no pain, no gain Um, and the idea of like, Going through exercise and like when you experience pain in your muscles, it's your muscles getting stronger. Um, That's one of the things that I, I hope we can all think about with some of these difficult emotions is they're not necessarily bad, but they're giving us really important information when we have an injury we need to tend to the injury we experience pain there when we're working out our body is becoming stronger and the pain is literally growing pains it is your muscles getting stronger and when we go through difficult emotions our emotions are telling us something there there's important information being communicated so when it comes to facing your pain that is how we all grow that is how we all learn and, that, and we can't really respond to what's happening until we are able to face it. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about how to do that in a moment. But I just said you're a lot of a stuff Larry. I was going to I was gonna say
1: I almost I almost jumped in with a quip, but I hated to stop you when you're on a roll. So please yeah, give but.
0: me the quip. Give me the quip, and then we'll fire into the <laughs> no, paper. no, no. When you wait, what was that? What was that
1: concept called? Uh, pain Facing gate. Your pain.
0: No, oh, the pain something. gate theory. Yeah um yeah, okay. it's it's the gate control theory of pain it's basically um, how you attend to pain makes a very big difference in how you experience it so I think guess about I, these th- gates when the when the okay. gates open all the pain kind of comes through and the gates closed the the pain is blocked it, think about I it see.
1: That. I see you I know, okay No, it's good cuz the minute you said the 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 gate whatever on my mind I was like Gifted and talented education? What? That's, but that's my old, that's my old dad gene kicking in, as opposed to my old TNG kicking in that I didn't go. think, Ms. McFadden? What are you talking about? Okay, but no, we're clear. We're totally well. Clear. You know, I'll,
0: I'll give you one example. Um, the pain part is, um, I think a lot of um, a lot of men. Um, and a lot of people who identify as being more masculine are, are really vulnerable to this. A lot of the cultural messages in the United States about being a man is um, you bury that pain deep inside. And um, I've talked about this on the show many times. Um, over the uh, over this pandemic, my back pain has really increased. And a lot, of, what a lot of men are taught in America is bury that pain deep inside. So if I don't tend to that pain. I'm not really trying to understand, wait, what is bringing this up? How can I make changes? How can I get some lumbar support, (laughs) this $20 lumbar support, to help me experience less of that? And how do I understand that when I experience that pain, I can use this uh, back roller to sort of um, work out some of the muscles That I'm experiencing more pain with and I can do some core exercises to strengthen my body so I experience less of it So we have to really listen and understand what our body is telling us and the only way to do that is by facing your pain
1: But if you use those kind of inducements to deal with your pain and not just be carrying it around every day like that untreated you're a lot less likely to uh, hit your wife and kids. I don't understand why.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's almost like uh, it can be therapeutic here. Um, Rose <laughs> asked a question. I found out that pain can't be measured. Yeah, Rose, pain is very subjective. The reason why healthcare professionals ask you, you know, one to 10, how much is your pain? It's a subjective experience. No one's My pain is, you know, everyone experiences pain differently. Um, Throwing pills at something doesn't uh, work, so why is that? Well, um, you're not really addressing what might really be the cause at it. Um, Sometimes medicating your pain, if it's it's a temporary problem, that might be a good thing. Um, But if over the long term you're medicating your pain without really addressing um, the underlying causes of it, then um, that pain might just perpetuate. So if you go through a surgery and your body is is massively trying to repair itself and heal from the surgery, your pain is going to be escalated and maybe you do need some extra medication to support that. Or if you had a small injury and your body is going to be able to repair itself but you're experiencing a lot of pain, then maybe some medication is just exactly what you need. And and some people might experience um, chronic migraines and there's specific medication that can help with that. But if you don't really understand what is causing the pain, and have a plan that can best address what that underlying cause is, then you might not really go anywhere. You might be stuck. And all the stories we've talked about today are uh, eventually get to a point of you got to understand what's going on here, so you can really start to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Larry, I want to jump
1: into. Um, I just, I'm just going to say your bit about the. We were talking about the macho bit. I almost didn't know if yeah. you were going to go into your. Into your uh, Kyla Detmer impersonation there, it was an interesting moment last night when she's finally comes and asks for help. And co- I, the other the other thing I got out of last night's of, of last night's episode, listen to me, out of out of. Forgetting it was last night. night's
0: episode for you. Yeah, it was. It was
1: very fresh. Um, the other bit was going back to we talk about this with we were kidding earlier, but how there is no counselor on Discovery, and we even had. Yeah. Cornwell was a discover was a counselor in her prior life. Although they don't make a point to say whether she was a Starfleet counselor. They just right. talk about her we being assume, a We
0: assume. If she's an admiral, I assume. But who knows? Well, or, or well, the whole thing about
1: when did Starfleet formally have counselors. And, right, you know, right, 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 uh, Deanna right. Deanna talks about it being sometime between Kirk and Picard time.
0: Right. But the, right. my point
1: is there isn't a counselor there, and watching watching Hugh last night watching Culber. We have to say Culber because if we say Hugh then suddenly you're thinking it's Jonathan Delarco. Um if it's if true. uh watching Dr. Culber last night kind of, and watching how Dr. Pollard is I mean I surely she barely gets a line anyway. But uh and it was nice they had her in there. But it's Culber who's taking on the role. It's almost like the Maca- what I'm getting to here is the McCoy honored tradition of we had a we had a chief psychologist mentioned um, at you know Helena Noel was a psychologist on staff on the Enterprise crew, but McCoy usually whether and it was usually Kirk and Spock, but even a couple of times with you know other patients in sickbay, it would be McCoy kind of doing the oh here let me go get my psychology book and be the you know the token little psychologist <laughs> – for our little frontier town here that can't afford to have a full time one. It's kinda <laughs> like Tom Paris Tom Paris is the medic on Voyager, so right, McCoy's right. gonna be the you know but it was interesting to see Culbert kind of fulfilling that niche. You know, it's kind yeah. like, okay, I'm the i I'm the physician surgeon who is cross trained in psychology, almost. Which yeah. if that is if that's a thing and not just the writer's writing a scene and him just stepping out of it, but you know, it makes his whole Journey to the Dark Side of the, the Spore Drive and back kind of have a little more meaning too but what he does yes, with, with Detmer what he does with Detmer last night is is perfectly, you know, the whole thing about hey, I'm, I loved his throwback, even though it's white, not black but his whole throwback little screwdriver handle tall med scanner was wonderful last night, but anyway um, him that whole setup with her about if you want to talk sometimes, I'm here, no, it's okay I'm fine, and then the redemption of that, where she says, you know, would you like to... The, the image that yeah. I pulled for the last night's show. Yeah. But yeah. his his whole position, his role there as the unofficial counselor for the crew, maybe, if it's not just personal links, he doesn't really have a personal bond with her. So I thought, you know, that we've seen. So anyway, I, that it's, was... It's,
0: no, I agree. But
1: yeah. your you're line about being macho, it's a macho thing, and her bit about, he says, hey, I get it, you're the pilot, which... Is a, is a line that we hadn't really... It's like, now they're suddenly going to develop all the bridge crew. It's yes. a very logical thing to get into with her, wherever it came from, and for her to say yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see if there's even a little more behind that. But anyway.
0: I think um, there will be um, the, the idea of the responsibility she might be experiencing for everything that's happened to discovery um i think that's going to be a wonderful exploration there's just a before we jump into k3 a few comments here about pain that are really just wonderful um glenn says um it took me a year to deal with the pain of losing my dog and glenn what i want to mention here is um uh for a lot of people who um, lose a, um, an animal that they love, um, I went through this last year, um, it's uh, a type of grief that uh, when you might not feel like your grief is allowed to be expressed in society, um, it, it can be a very difficult process. There's a name for this that I'm blanking on right now. Um, but um, the grief we experience grief repression? No, it's, it's um, um... Grief I sublimation. I'll, 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 I'll come back to it, and I'll share it with you, Glenn, when um, Larry is doing the case.
1: Repressed panel, grief syndrome. Uh, no,
0: nope, that's I, not it. <laughs> um, come on, it's got to be one
1: of those.
0: Yeah. Ah, sorry, Bones, you're not... Uh, you got to look through some more textbooks there. Yeah. Um, it's it's real grief, and it's um sometimes more powerful than um than other grief because our the animals we love um give us nothing but nothing but love it's 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 a very supportive loving relationship, and um, I
1: can't give you anything but love baby yes. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Speaking of, uh, of facing your pain, um, uh, you all have to face our pain <laughs> so, of singing to you every week. <laughs> was, was that uh, a transition? Libby, Libby yeah. says um, uh, females are often told others have it worse. Stop complaining. Yeah. So that's 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 um, mm-hmm. having to second guess yourself a popular term which is gaslighting which is um, you know have, like when when society is sort of making you question your experiences and if they really happen and if they even warrant any action uh, Libby you're right um, and Scott uh, before we turn it over to the K3 says one of the best one liners I learned in my coaching days is what you resist persists um, it's a twist on an older phrase the only way out is through but it really has resonated with me um, I think that's, that's uh, a wonderful way to Wrap up the counselor's log and let's jump into um, a K three, like, Larry. Um, I I have no idea where you're going today. With K3 I know, as I know, often I know as the case. Um, so w- what do you got for us today, Larry?
1: Well, let's. Uh, we talked about DS nine here a little bit. I was trying to go back to real world cases in Star Trek's family of people who, you know, had a pain and faced the pain, and and sometimes it's mental and sometimes physical. And I, there's one moment. Um, It's a famous story during filming Devil in the Dark when Shatner found out his father died and they were ready to shut down filming. They were racing to get through. I think they were in the cave with the Horta, all those scenes. And uh, they were racing to get through and he knew that if if he shut down the film... It was also first season and they were really behind the gun on being on time and getting shows filmed on time and it was the middle of the season. And he knew all the stress of that. And he knew, you know, he didn't want to put Bob Justin in the hospital, much less Gene, but um, with a heart attack. But his, he got word that his father died, and they all expected to shut down filming and let him fly home for it, you know, back in Canada. And he said, no, no, no. And so he insisted on finishing the day's filming. And I don't know, it may have been a Friday or whatever, but he insisted on working the rest of the day. And you watch that show now, and you can track the scenes they filmed that day. And you know, as a good actor, you don't—hopefully, don't see anything, you know, marring the performance. Anyway, that's a story that's been out there for years and years. And I was trying to think of other things with actors or creatives and all that. And but one that that I uh, didn't even know of at the at the time, it didn't register. So you can throw one of those up there. Uh, I sent you a couple. Um. Uh, so like like fourth season. Uh, I think fourth season. Did you have that group shot on the K3?
0: Yes, I am pulling it up. Um, we went to a new software, guys.
1: Can you Are t- we rearranged our apps.
0: Oh, my tell? gosh. Look, a small edge showed up. Hold on. Let me, let me make that. Big.
1: Don't. Just don't hit the infinity window.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there it is. That, so this, that is, image this like- was
1: back when I. Can you make it any bigger? Yeah,
0: I can. Let me make it as oh, big as I okay. can. Block,
1: okay. Block. I don't care. Block me. There we go. Yes, you need to. In fact, make it even bigger. You, know, I guess. That's... That's so this is this looks so bland. This is actually uh, Randeep Varia and Robert Wolf and the PA at the time. I'm sorry, I forgot his name. Uh, there were so many. And then Ira, we went on a set to. It was no big deal. They did it for me because I was doing a day in the life of DS9 story. And we went over to the set that was being built, actually for um, To the Death, which was the renegade Jim Hadar and all that. And went over, and I realized for for two or three years this dawned on me, and I didn't even think about it. But if you look there, and you've seen him since with the DS9 documentary, he's been out in public, and, uh, but if you look there, uh, Ira has a cane, and it's got a gold oh. top, and it's very, it's very, um, uh, I say ceremonial. It's very decorative, right? And you can show the other one. The other one is a shot from uh, the final season. It's actually. Um,
0: yep, bringing it up
1: now. yeah. If you wonder where the Al, all the Alamo references in DS9 between uh, O'Brien and Bashir, uh, uh, Ira's a big fan of the mystique of the Alamo and all this. And he has a gang of guys, and they they make a pilgrimage to the Alamo every so uh, every so many years. Uh, and this was they had set up an Alamo model in his office, just the way that O'Brien and Bashir supposedly had. But if you, but the point is, this is like two years later, this is, or three years later, and he's still got the cane there, you see. And I didn't even think about it because I'd seen him walking around with it. But, um, he'd had, and I forget the exact description now, but I didn't know until just a few years later, or a few years ago, he mentioned it to me somewhere, but he had a really debilitating muscular disease that really gave him a lot of pain in one of his legs. And he had that cane. And you know he was in the prime of life here, running a show. For at least two or three years, he was using that cane to get around. Now, since what the good news is, the condition that he had, he's between therapy and some surgery or medication, whatever. He doesn't feel it. Like you see him in public now; he's not using the cane, but it just goes to he's you know at the top of his game with DS Nine, which is probably his biggest achievement creatively, at least so far. And um, anyway, I just, I was just, and I was trying to think of a story that people may not have heard much of, mm-hmm. but um, would have would have been more powerful if I had more details. Except the fact that go back to, if you happen to see pictures of of Ira from that time with his little gold top cane there, or uh, if you saw him in public and maybe it didn't even dawn on you because it wasn't completely debilitating, but it's still something when you're carrying around the physical you know a physical but yeah, we all do that I, we all been doing it this I, year people have been talking to chat like,
0: I'm, I'm glad, that's I'm your glad you me. brought up this example yeah I'm glad you brought up this example because um, that's something I didn't know about Ira um, I've never met him I knew you um, yeah no I, I, um, I never met him but I uh, obviously I'm a huge fan of his work and um, especially this year but this is true always is Um, Rose mentioned how subjective pain is. Pain is also invisible often. We don't know what pain people are carrying. We don't know what is easy or difficult for other people. Um, Not all struggles are visible. Not all disabilities are visible. Um, You know, I've spent my career working with people who you would never know. You would never know they struggle with anxiety, they have a learning disability, what type of difficult experiences they've mm-hmm. gone through, how everyday situations might be so incredibly hard for them. So
1: we, we forget well, that Jordy is dealing with pain every second he's, the visor causes right. him a little bit of pain to
0: use. Right, right. Um, yeah. It, it actually, I don't know why, but that reminds me of Wolverine. And every time um, uh, someone asks Wolverine, like, you know, does it hurt when his claws come out? And he says every time, you know. Um, we we have no idea what people are carrying. And so I, I hope one big thing we can all take with us um, out of this year, you know, it's November. We're getting close to 2021. I hope one thing we can take, Larry, is a little bit more compassion. I know. I know. It's, it's it's it still feels like March. Um, it's March two hundred and thirteenth. What do you mean? <laughs> I hope we can take we can all be a bit more compassionate towards ourselves and a little bit more compassionate towards other people because um, every everyone is struggling. Folks, I think and, I think our survival region. depends on it. We may yes. have enforced yes. empathy,
1: <laughs> empathize or die. I mean, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh let's let's and with, away mission waiting away, away briefing. Yes, 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 yes. Let's get into our um away mission. So this is the part of the show where I bring up um a little example of uh, one way in which you can you can apply this to your own lives. Um when you can take one one piece of what we're talking about and apply it to our own lives. So um Actually, to get this started, I'd love in the comments section to hear a lot of people have been talking about their own um, uh, their own pain that they've experienced and how they've um, how it's impacted their lives. I'd love to hear examples from everyone in our community about, What's helped you to deal with your pain? Whether it's physical pain, psychological pain, um, what's What's helping you right now? Right now. Um, Glinda says, uh, hashtag be kind, hashtag share the love. I'm, I'm with you on that, uh, Glenda. Um, so one, one thing I want to share is um, the idea of running a level one diagnostic. Not a level 10, not a level five, not a level three, but a level one. And what I mean by that is... Level one. Uh, <laughs> uh, number one, run a level one. Um, so,
1: <laughs> I want I want all Star Trek level one diagnostic. Dum 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 dum. dum
0: Yeah, where the always you
1: where the, the drama's always high and the tech's always <laughs> broken. Dum 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 dum
0: dum. You see, he has green lighting a lot of Star Trek shows right now. I think it's that, the geek squad it's the geek squad of Star Trek. <laughs> you know not a bad idea um yeah not a bad idea it's just the tech support is this like people flying hello? boys okay <laughs> how can i help you uh, i don't know no they're they'd be using communicator right um how can i yeah, help you yeah. oh um bio jaw packs again uh hey um katie <laughs> bio jaw packs are down again on deck 13 i know i know we just fixed um uh, someone made more cheese in the replicator. Oh, gosh, we need, really need to really need to fix those cheese protocols. Oh, I'll get send the someone cheese. down right away.
1: Get the cheese <laughs> to sick bay and get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, tech Squad, crazy. can I help there you?
0: There we go. There tech we go. Squad,
1: can I help you? Okay. <laughs> Have you tried cutting power to the unit and then restoring the power to the unit? That's the 23rd century way of saying turn it on it. and
0: off. I love it. Okay. I love it. Um, so, yes, level one, um, Zahir asks, uh, is level one the highest or lowest? <laughs> and Glenn says level one is the lowest. So bigger is better when it comes to diagnostics. Um, so here's here's why I say level one as, as being the lowest. I talked before about how experiential avoidance might be the common problem across all aspects of mental health. Well there might be a common solution there as well, which is uh, getting a little bit more contact with these emotions that are painful for you, understanding what they do to you, and understanding how they impact you. And I say level one, because getting a little bit of contact with them. Um, Before we can really understand what to do with these emotions, whether it's chronic pain, whether it is um, anger, whether it is sadness, whether it is anxiety, you have to know how you experience it in your body, what thoughts it produces, and what urges come up, what you actually want to do. So um, one of the things that I do with folks is um, I do some mood induction. What that means is listening to music, watching a video, um, being in a situation that just brings up a little bit of those emotions. So if someone struggles with sadness, we might listen to some sad songs and just become a little bit more familiar about actually what, what does it feel like inside you when you hear the sad song or uh, if someone struggles with anger, we might watch something that might make them just a little angry. There's a lot of that content on social media. It's not that hard to trigger anger right now. But like in a controlled situation, experiencing a little bit of it, a level one diagnostic, and then getting really well aware of what, what is it like for you. You can't really know what to do until you're aware of what, of how you experience that. Like, having done this for many years, I know for me the very, one of the first signs that I'm anxious is my heart starts beating faster and it starts sweating. I know that. I know one of the first things for me when I'm angry is I get a, a lot of tension in my body. I mean, I know one of the first things that happens for me when I'm sad is um, I really want to start looking away because I start to feel like I'm getting teary eyed and I need to, sh- I feel this sensation of trying to shut it down. Uh, once we have a level one diagnostic, once we're a little bit aware of how this plays out for us, that can set us down that path of facing our pain and learning what to do. But none of that, Larry, is possible unless you know the first initial signs of how this plays out in your body. So that's my that's my away mission for this week is whatever emotion, whatever painful experience you might have, just running a level one diagnostic. One of the ways in which I do this, actually, for a lot of folks, Larry, who might not know what emotions they're struggling with, we watch the first ten minutes of uh, Pixar's Up because that those first ten moments... <laughs> the first 10 minutes, every, it's, it's all the basic emotions are there. Joy, sadness, loss, anger, um, it's all there in those first 10 minutes. And uh, for some people, it might be a painful experience to watch that scene, but... Um, but we, we track what's happening minute to minute in their body, what thoughts are coming up, what does it feel like. Um, oh,
1: you mean you uh, use that as a, as a therapeutic
0: tool or a Yeah, we'll sit tool. down, we'll watch it together, and moment to moment, I have them describe what's, what's it like for, for them. And then, That's what I meant, that, in a
1: clinical setting. This isn't something you oh, and, yeah. and, and the wife and kid do. This is you're talking about as a clinical tool.
0: Okay. No, I mean, although my clear. daughter loves my daughter loves up. Uh, no, she does sure, love yeah. up,
1: but yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah. you didn't make that clear at the beginning, and I was confused. So I was. Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah. No,
0: no. We'll actually do this. So okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll actually do that, and I'll I'll um. Yeah, we'll do. We'll listen to sad songs. We'll listen to. Uh, uh, stuff that makes them upset, um, and just better understand. Hey, what's going on here for you? Not like if someone is you know struggling with the loss of a, of a relationship. We're not going to dive into all that stuff right away, but we might listen to sad songs. And just better understand, hey, what's sadness like for you? That's the running level one diagnostic. Um, and with that, um, let's open up the hailing frequencies just for a little bit as we come to the end of the show. This is when we just kind of dive into the comments a little bit with all of you. Um, lots of comments happening yep. here today. Hey, I, um, I
1: want to do a shout out. And I've been trying to keep up with this, too, also, because you kind of you kind of did the heavy lifting on the show, I feel like. But uh, this one today, especially. But um, I would I want to say a shout out to uh, Homeless McCoy, Christina Z, who I think is a new coming in from YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for uh, your thanks for being here. It looks like a new new one in our community, but also way early or halfway through, a little more than halfway through, had said it would have been it back on our Tuvix, the Eternal Tuvix question. She said it would have been an interesting concept if they'd found a way to separate the Tuvix pattern and have the original uh, patterns, right? Like pull out the separate and go back to memory. And then Tuvix works with Tuvok and Neelix to understand each other. Oh, I love
0: that. I love that idea. Um, And, I mean, that's the other problem with all these transporter episodes. There's an early TNG episode where Picard they kind of reboot him to the earlier pattern that they had and if they have that most of these transporter episodes can be just solved uh, yeah. you know it's so but um homeless mccoy also had a great joke here about the our star trek tech support have you tried rebooting your warp core <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love that idea um oh my gosh uh Zahira is headed out to the National Mall. Zaheer, I hope you um, enjoy the jubil- jubilation as well as uh, stay safe out there.
1: Oh, in D- As in D.C. As in between as in the Washington Monument. Yeah. yeah okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, oh my gosh! Lots of great, um, lots of great comments over here. Um,
1: well, we're at noon. Can I? Can Can I? Uh, can we? I want to finish going through these. we got a little bit of a late start, but I want to let everybody know what's going on the rest of the day today. Oh, there's a lot
0: happening here. Yeah, Larry, tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: In fact, it's happening right now. If you want to throw that one up, uh, I just wanted to remind everybody that if you are wanting to celebrate or feel good and (laughs) if you're not in a jump out and uh, go cheer somewhere, but you want to live some more Star Trek uh, hope right now, uh, our friends at Science Division, Clay and Jay, who have the animated triples that work on a chip, uh, sorry, I didn't... This is on my blog, but there's a virtual event that's free called Vendors Hall. Get it? H-A-U-L. Uh, it's all licensed uh, Star Trek uh, manufacturers, and booth- and some of them are kind of like small mom-and-pop companies. Anyway, they're having an all-day dealer's room called the Dealer of Vendor Hall, H-A-U-L.com, but there's also panels going on, too, and I'm going to have a small booth uh, here in, oh, in half an hour. Ha, ha, ha. Um, for an hour and a half, and then it, that's, uh, well, in an hour, wherever you are, in a half hour. Uh, and the link is on their page at vendorhall.com. And then at 5, I've got a panel where I'm going to take my magazine column, Fistful of Data, which is retconning and canon smoothing and background diving. I'm going to do it live, and we'll see how it goes with folks. But if you want to come back around at 5 Pacific, uh, 8 Eastern, uh, that's in like uh, 5 hours. So come in and join me there. And the links to both of those are on the page since we're trying to guard against, you know, photo uh, zoom bombing or photo bombing. But uh, anyway, that's something you might do. And then uh, just a reminder real quick, next Wednesday is my annual open house in Portal 47. Uh, our guest is, there you go. Boy, it's tiny. David Carson, who, speaking of Generations, was the director for Generations as well as the DS9 pilot with the painful scenes of of uh, Cisco and his wife and he, anyway so David Carson and yesterday's enterprise
0: and yesterday's um, enterprise yeah
1: yes and and eight more but he's our big special guest my open house every year is where we open the doors of the portal which is which is a subscriber program it's a mini con all year long every month with a lot of features but that's the time we open the doors and and let everybody in but you just go and leave your email so i know who's coming Uh, But that go to com and you can click on and uh, do that, and then you'll get all the details about that. But that's Wednesday night, the 11th, at 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern. So I hope a lot of our community here can come over if you're not used to I've got some portales in the community already. But uh, anyway, that's two big things, the vendors hall today and then the open house for quarter 47. Both of them are free and virtual, and wherever you are in the world, you're free to come in and, and join in.
0: Uh, real quick a couple of things I just want to plug um, I believe Charlotte and a few other folks have been talking about experiencing panic attacks uh, recently <laughs> So if this is a problem you're experiencing, uh, Charlotte, I've got two videos on my YouTube channel uh, that might be helpful for you. So I have a video about, um, I think it's called Stopping Panic Attacks. And I also have a video about uh, 10 quick ways to reduce anxiety. So if you watch those two videos, um, if anyone has opportunity to put the links in the comments, that would be great. Um, But if you go to youtube.com slash the psych show, Check out, um, stop panic attacks and then also quickly reduce anxiety. Those two videos might be helpful for you. And then check out the links in the description section for more information about those things. Um, I hope those, those are gonna be helpful for you. Um, lots of, um, uh, Marley. Um says, uh, or Marley, I'm sorry. The Discovery episode was amazing. Truly, a gift for me. Um, for Star Trek fans, uh, Marley, that's exactly how I felt about that episode. If you're, um, we didn't really get into this in the episode, but um, the love in this episode. Um, if I get into more about that, that might be a bit more spoiler territory. Um, there's a lot of love here, romantic love. But also um, a love for your friends, for your family, the crew as a family, mm-hmm. um, working through the conflict in that dinner scene, yeah. Tilly, um, um, Tilly's conflict with um, our engineer, I'm blanking on his name, Andrew Rapp's Stamets. character. Yeah, Stamets. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, Paul Stamets, um, yeah. I don't know what it is about Discovery, but I think of everyone in terms of the actor name, not the character names. Um I, I don't know. I need to work through my own my own things there, but um, there's a lot of love in this episode and it was beautiful and it was exactly what I needed. So Marley, I, I, I completely agree with you. Um Glinda says I have a cat purr, uh, purring app. Um that sounds really soothing. Something we could all use a little bit. We could all use a little bit of spot um I have of a, spot uh, love right now.
1: <laughs> we were in the last we had a wonderful dog cat named Schneider that I wish was around oh. for I, for Instagram days. We we finally had to put him down about well, a year after we moved. He he was with us in it for a year in our new place. But for a few days he had the loudest, most he was the smartest thing. He was my dog cat. He was a cat, but he was really like a dog. He was more of a dog than a dog we had. But (laughs) I had the the last few days he had the loudest purr and a week or two before we lost him, uh I um I record, he was healthy on that end till the end, and I recorded his purr, and I've got it. And it's it's just as loud as I remember. I mean, he could be across the room, and you could hear him you know, purring. It was that loud. Anyway, he was a great
0: dad. Larry, um, a quick question from Homeless McCoy. Uh, so is the 5 p.m. Uh, PST, is it on YouTube?
1: Yes. Uh, in fact, it'll only be on YouTube, and there'll be a link. Uh, it'll be on my, let me think. Make sure I'm telling you this right because we're doing yes. Uh, All of the virtual hall is trying to be on YouTube eventually. Uh, They go to different links, but it'll be on YouTube. Yes, Um, if you go to their page, the link is there. I think it's coming. I think it'll also be on my page. I think if you go there right now, it's scheduled. No, it's you know what? It's unlisted, and you still have to get the link. It'll be on my page, but it's unlisted right now. So yeah, go over to the page.
0: Um. Cairo just mentioned, um, uh, Cairo's comment reminds me that, um, a lot of our European community is going through another lockdown, another shelter Mm -hmm. in place. Um, the rates of the coronavirus are are really increasing there, as they are in America, too. But we we may be there in another month or two. We might be, we might be headed in that direction. So, Cairo, we are, we're so happy you're here. Um. Uh, he, Cairo says as an extrovert who's single and living alone and experiencing another lockdown right now the pain of loneliness is definitely a permanent uh, companion but virtual connections like this one here uh, do help someone. This is why we do this this is why we're here <laughs> Cairo um, something Larry said in the very beginning is we're doing this for the duration we never thought we'd be on episode 31 we didn't think this duration would be like this um but this is why we keep doing show, the shows—the connection, the community, the support, the love. Hey, we're we're all experiencing a painful time. We're experiencing it differently. Um, let's experience it together. Let's support each other. Let's celebrate something we love, and let's use that thing to help us both to go. So, Cairo, we're we're glad you're here, and we're we're here with you. Yeah, and glad everybody's here. There's
1: a lot of a, a lot of our newer folks have been. Um, I've been talking today and sharing a lot, and I feel like I feel bad that I haven't got to everything. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm seeing it all here. So it's good. Uh, the whole thing about community. Can I just say this too? Structurally, when I started Portal Forty Seven five years ago, I heard you know just internet talk and groups and all that. And, oh, we have a community. It just all seemed like marketing blather. <laughs> you know, one of those salesy words that people say when they're promoting a site or a website or whatever. whatever. But it was – and I, uh, the, my whole thing was about, like, serving and what can I do and what's uniquely me to get it out there and if I'm going to be charging money for it, you know, whatever. And the the thing that came back to kind of slap me in a good way was a year or two after I started Portal and my other communities too, uh, now this one, but just my general Facebook pages, um, having people say as the weird toxic online phenomenon started to grow – and discovery coming back, and that pulling people out of the you know from out of, from under all the uh, the dark rocks, uh, having people say, "I'm so glad you're having this safe space for us," and you know or we have a place where we can talk and not you know safe space always felt felt a little a little squishy, but literally when it got to the point where you'd be having just an open conversation and somebody would come in and dive bomb you with something totally out of the blue, and you're like, "What? Who did that person cut? Co-? Who who are they?" and and then you. If you get savvy, you say, "Are they even a real person?" But you know that's a that, that that whole phenomenon of community and all that has only been something I guess in the in the duration, but the duration of the last three or four years, the downside of things has made me appreciate that for real, uh, and the fact that other people, a lot of our fellow fans and a lot of the people that I can serve, appreciate that. And it was never part of the building. You know, it was like, "What do I have that I can get to you?" <laughs> You know, it's like, what can I help provide for you? And that was never on the list. You know, it was like mm-hmm. a. It's more your realm. That's what the kind that you would think of. But it's like all of these opportunities, wherever they are on the spectrum, are ways that we all can stay sane. If nothing else, between our 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 medical health and our political health and our economic health, it's it's done nothing but get more important the last few years. So for all the yeah. downside that social media. Yeah rightfully takes a hit over as being this new crazy technology that's like kinda like the I've said it before, like the A bomb of of the of our age. It's like we didn't realize the ripple effects. Um there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of upside and I appreciate that. And and it still is new to me to hear people talk that way. It's yeah it's I need to keep hearing that over I need to keep hearing that over and over again that yay, we have this connection and yay, we have this group and yay, we have this umbrella we can all get under during this storm.
0: Yeah, and, and Jared jokes around about the Life Support Live retreat, but I really hope we can have that on the other side of, of all of this. It's something.
1: Yeah, uh, yes.
0: Charlotte says, uh, thank you, Larry and Ali, for making the space for us, and I look forward to Saturday mornings all week, as do I. And I look forward to talking about this stuff with you all. You know, I, I didn't really have as many spaces to talk about, star trek with on a regular basis and now i do with with all of you and i look forward to hopefully us meeting each other in person on the other side of all of this thanks for listening to the life support live podcast we'd love to get your feedback on this episode i'm at ali matu on social media and i'm at larry Nimichek. hey if you
1: like this show we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review it'll help more people to discover life support And you can join the community at our Life Support Live Facebook group.
0: If you'd like to learn more about psychology and mental health, check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash thepsychshow.
1: And for a deeper dive into all things Trekland, like Portal 47, check out Larry Nimichek's Trekland on Facebook and YouTube.
0: Until next time, live long and prosper. Trek well, everyone.